This week on the Sport NATO, Colin Kaepernick sits, Michael Porter decommits, and the Cleveland Cavaliers might be spitting up the first place in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. All that and more coming up soon. We're going to talk about it. We know you've been waiting. We're finally back on the train. It's Sport NATO with Grant and Jonathan. Yeah, why That's don't we a cool have that? Song. Why don't we have that as our as our opening track? All right, audio guy, Steve, hook that up. Always Steve. <laughs> Everybody's name is Steve. <laughs> why? Why does it have to be Steve? Why can't it be any other name? There's a lot of male What names. name do you prefer? Ashley. I think Ashley for a man is surprisingly, you know, kind of uh masculine. I don't disagree. How could you? Yeah. So hey, little throwback for those of you who've been mm. listening for a while. Now it's not quite the same, but I, I'm sure many of you miss drunk sports, right? It, when when Grant would actually drink, that's me. I'm Grant. Third, talking in the third person. It's nice cool. job. Like Very, Gary Payton. Really cool. I learned it from Gary Payton. Um, when when I would actually drink during the show, I drink heavily. Now it is Friday this time that we're doing Sportnado, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drink a little bit. We're opening it back up a little. Yeah, bit, aren't I'm we? not gonna drink you know a ton like I used to, but hey, if you want to join me for a drink, you know, oh. have a casual drink with Grant. There's no <laughs> games, no jokes. It's just drinking and having fun. So I'm about to open my first beer here. And there she goes. We're not going to be counting the beers because you know what? We're just drink as much as you want, as little as you want. We're just hanging out at the bar talking about sports. That said, if you drink twice as many beers as Grant does, you do get the platinum medal. Tornado. <laughs> yeah, I guess you do. So that's pretty sweet. But we'll never tell you how many I've drank. Well, you can for, you can sort of figure it out as we go because I'll be letting you guys know every time he drinks a new one. Okay. Okay. So all the things Grant said. Yeah. Forget that. It's a game. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, Grant's going to drink a little delicious, bit of beer. delicious beer. Oh, you're enjoying it? Yeah. That's nice to hear. Okay. So in case someone is new to the show, which I believe we may have some new listeners. We have some new Twitter followers. I know that anyway. So that's great. Welcome, Twitter followers. Uh, we do four quarters of intense sports talk and action. First quarter is always headliners, whatever's popping up in the world of sports. We talk about the NFL and the NBA in the second and third quarters. And the fourth quarter is let the Grant fix it, where I pose... Sports and other dilemmas, and Grant does his best to come up with fun and creative solutions. He used to be drunk. Now he isn't. Yeah. Today he might be a little bit. Yeah, we'll find out. But it depends always on the fun. mood. Depends on the it's mood. You know, if you guys if you guys are drinking along with me, I'll be able to tell. It'll make me drink faster. Yeah. And, and you know, that's how it works. It's a peer pressure thing. Yeah. Nothing wrong sure. with that. Yeah. No I mean, I see somebody finishing a beer. I'm like, oh, I guess I got to finish this half a beer so I can order another beer when yeah. they order their beer, or else the waiter has to come back again. That's just. And it's rude. like a whole fucking thing. Can't be that. You guy. don't want to be, and then you have to tip more because you feel bad. Yeah. And you know, listen, like financially, that's not great. A lot of heavy social implications. Yeah. I didn't realize it myself well now you do thank you for you know it's difficult it being me i have a yeah it's tough what kind of beer are you drinking uh this is a stout this Ooh. is a oakshire espresso stout what kind of percentage are we talking it's here? not that high it's 5.8 i mean yeah. that ain't nothing it's not nothing. it's higher than i used to drink the beers because i would drink you know 10 of them and that was that what, was what are you going how many beers are you going for today i'm not going for anything man oh, i'm just casually cash. hanging out with the friends stop All trying right. to trap me <laughs> okay nice cash drinking time all right, cool. Drink along with Grant, as you always do. We're going to get into quarter number one, shall we? Yeah. All right. Quarter number one. It's time to talk a little NCAA, Grant. Yeah, NCAA tournament. Yes, March Madness is upon us. And although there's a huge tournament going on, and we probably are going to talk a little bit about that, it's at least for the moment overshadowed 
by Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Who decommitted from Washington to go to Missouri instead. Yeah, he's a high school basketball player. He was recently named the Naismith High School Player of the Year, in fact. He's the number one prospect in the country. He is. So let's hear these circumstances surrounding this guy's little thing going on here. Well said. Yeah. I, I think you really you nailed that. So um, he was going to go to Washington. Now, I think he's actually from Missouri, but he was going to Washington because Washington hired his father to yeah. coach there. I mean, that's a good move if, you're one, if you want the number one prospect. Yeah. It's weird. Washington, um, coming off of Markel Fultz, who is the number one player, or at least arguably the number one player in college, at least freshman in college. But can his dad beat Michael Jordan, though? Um, <laughs> that is, I don't know. He's a coach, at least. So maybe he <laughs> yeah. can. Maybe he could beat him now, at least. But um, So, yeah, so they had given him a job. But then uh, Coach, I think it's Lorenzo Romar, got fired from Washington and is now uh, nowhere. And so the, his father, as well, no longer has a job. And so Missouri, seeing the opportunity, hired his father and hoped Washington would let Michael Porter Jr. out of his commitment because Washington does not have to. They could force him to sit a year. They ultimately did let him out, which is cool. Yeah. They fired the coach. I mean, what yeah. did they think was going to happen? Right. right. I mean, they fired his father. Why did oh. they fire him? Do you know? Um, because they had Markel Fultz, the best player in college, one could argue, and did not make the NCAA tournament. Were okay. really, really bad. Fair enough. Yeah. That's a lot. of, And they've been bad for a long time. So, um, so he is now going to Missouri with his dad, coming home, as he said. Yeah. Okay, so the story is not so much about Michael Porter moving from school to school, unless you're in Missouri or Washington. Like, you know, the rest of us don't really sure. care, right? But maybe the interesting story is about how there are boosters, and there's all these ways where, where sort of the NCAA sort of gets on top of, like, cheating and paying athletes. Remember the Cam Newton thing from back yeah. in the day? It was a big deal. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is a good example. Yeah. There's so many examples, right? They don't let um, swimmers, you know, who've won gold medals, swim in college. It's either swim in college or do, do advertisements. You can't do both. Like, yep. But you're allowed to just hire the number one prospect's father and pay him whatever, 200, 300K to be a, quote, assistant coach or whatever he is. And then you just get the kid and that's considered okay. How is that not the same thing? Is that not clear bribery? No, it is. So why does the NCAA allow some and not others? What is going on? Because they're a fucked up, stupid organization. They have this. They, they're probably entrenched in some sort of bad bureaucracy, is my guess internally. Yeah. And they have created these rules, and some and a lot of them are probably, you know, their form of bipartisanship, which generally ends up being like the worst of both sides, and they end up with a rule here, and then the rule sticks, and uh, then that's the rule, even if it doesn't make logical sense. Yeah. And there has been no rule to outlaw the hiring of one's parents in order to influence their decision. I mean, of course, it also can't be proven that that was the reason for the hire, right? I mean, the, they hire the guy, and then the kid commits, right? So it's it can't co- be proven. It's, it's correlation only. Of course, and I'm sure they could argue that, but it's you know that's a ridiculous argument. Of since course, all they're ever trying to win is the PR battle here, right? I mean, it's nothing else. It's their own rules. Like, I mean, look personally, I think everyone should be allowed to be bribed. Yeah, why and not? Everyone should be paid. I think all these yeah, guys, college are, athletes, should be paid. They're employees. They're not students. Almost all of them, anyway. At least, at least at the level we're talking about, right? Right. The Division One basketball and football. Most of those guys are in it not for like the colleges aren't trying to educate those kids they have like the sports and leisure major and they don't actually go to class i mean right they're, they're doing a massive disservice to these kids educationally but that's okay because the kids aren't really there for the education anyway at least a lot of them some right. of them are of course some of them do go for four, four full years and get yeah. a degree and everything and good for those yeah. kids and that's great but to pretend that you know 
this kid or a lot of other, this kid who's clearly only going to stay in college for one year and is yeah. only doing it because he's forced to. He could either do that or go to China. Those are like his two options, yeah. basically. And then he's going to go to the NBA unless he has a really bad year or gets hurt or something. Like, do we have to pretend that this is about anything else? I, don't, I just, I don't know. I, I just wish the NCAA could be better about this stuff in some way. Like, just it's fine and let people get bribes or it's not okay and then this isn't okay either. And it's such obvious impropriety. Even if it's even if we can't prove it, we don't have to be able to because it'd just be what's in that kid's heart. That's the only way we'd ever know, right? Right. But like, come on, we don't need to prove it. It's obvious. By the way, the NCAA has stepped in on much lower level things than this. Like the fantasy football thing. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. And like suspended people and all sorts of things. That's the thing. It's the hypocrisy that sucks, right? It does. There's not much else to say about that. It's just hypocritical. Yeah. And I I have some thoughts in general about the overall situation. I don't think the NBA should have ever made the rule that the player has to go to the NCAA for a year before they come to the NBA. I, ah. I think that's a dumb rule. How come? Uh, I don't. I think it's one of those, like I was talking about, one of those like meet in the middle type rules that doesn't actually accomplish anything. They need to either allow you to come straight, like no, no matter what your education level is or whatever, if you're NBA ready, you're NBA ready, you can enter the draft, and if a team wants to draft you, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Or you have to actually complete college. You have to have a college degree in order to be in the NBA. Like why can't it, why why would it have to be one of those two things though I don't understand what's the point of the one year what's the point of the one and done how does that actually help anybody I mean it helps the NBA how does it help the NBA they get kids who are much more refined like one of the big problems is all these high schoolers would come okay. in and yeah. they would be super raw and now they get an extra year of good coaching now it's it's a year it's not the end of the it's not a huge amount but it's something and I think actually the quality of play in the NBA has really gone up in the last few well, years shouldn't the market correct for that anyway it didn't last time it didn't but they didn't let it happen for that long okay but it didn't you know and like maybe the market would ultimately correct but why wait for that why not just impose a rule and do it this way. I mean, look, it'd be fine for me, by the way, if it was two years also. I mean, although I, I hear your point, but the other side of it is this. It's not like this kid can't go work in China. He can right. do international work for all these kids if they want it. Yeah. So they're, they're, it's available to them. They're, they can still make money. It isn't like they're yeah. completely being held down. They just can't work in this one league. By the way, the, the NFL is similar. The NFL says you have to have three years before yeah. you're allowed to come in, which is weird, too, in some ways, because... While you could the, the argument is that the kids are not their bodies are not NFL ready, right. right? And that's probably true for most of them, but yeah. definitely not all of them. Do you think Michael Orr wasn't NFL ready? Yeah, when I know. He was, when he was probably like a sophomore in high school, he had an NFL body, right? So, like, of course, he could have played in the NFL. Like, maybe he you know had to learn things and get better, but like, let's not pretend you know they needed him to mature. They're just yeah. the NFL, you know, the college football, the NCAA is just taking their you know their share of these kids' lives basically to exploit them for right. Money. I okay, so I definitely hear what you're saying. I just I don't like the one and done thing. I think it's yeah. I don't like it uh, for watching NCAA sports at all. Right. I, it's like hard to really care about any team unless you went to that college because like who gives a shit? They're gonna have their best players gone after a year, no matter what. Every I, time. I mean, I I think you could also make a case, and this is a very weak case that shouldn't sway anyone. I'll admit, but. Having the the kids play in college for a year makes the NBA draft much more interesting rather than them just being. Though it turns into almost like the um, the baseball draft where it's all these high school kids that no one's ever heard of. Right? I mean, no one ever watches college baseball either. So no, it's yeah, not a perfect. You're definitely right about that because then they have the national exposure and and people have real opinions about the players instead of just what hearsay. You know? Yeah. Which is fair. So this is my pie in the sky ideal world, which cool. I know is difficult. 
and it sounds like nonsense, but this is what I would this is how I would like the NCAA and NBA to work together as far as basketball is concerned. Okay. I would like a player to have to complete four years of college, maybe complete a degree. I don't know whether I haven't formed an opinion on that, but four years of college. So if you get a player on Duke, that player is going to play on Duke for four years. I don't care if it's Carl Anthony Towns or whoever it is. Like okay. that player is going to play for four years in college in order to play in the NBA. And that's just the NBA's rule. I know that makes it tricky with international prospects. So there's well, can we can we come back to the forget about that part. Let's stay just within the U.S. for a second. Why do you think it's why do you want Carl Anthony Towns to get four years of a Duke education if he's if his job is going to be an NBA player and he's ready to do that job at, at 19? I don't actually care about that, but okay. since you don't want me to be able to have the kids come out of high school, I prefer like the the wholesale solution rather than the one quarter solution. Okay, and how come? Why do you see that as better? I think it's better for the NCAA. First of all, I yeah, think the, the teams are much more interesting, and and there's much more dynamic that goes on. Obviously, if a player plays for four years in college every the, time, the quality of play would be so much right. higher in the NCAA's for sure. It, I mean, a byproduct of this is that NBA players would be more educated. Maybe eighty percent of them wouldn't go broke after their career. If I mean, really, that's that's come on. Like most of these kids would get what they're getting right now, which is no. This is my pie in the sky. This is my I, pie in the sky world where the NCAA changes also oh, and they compensate okay. the kids and everything works out <laughs> great. Right. I mean, I think you can make a counter argument that actually who you're really hurting is the players by doing that if you force them all to play for four yeah, years. Yeah, I agree. I, that's like my badly hurting. That's them. my pie in the sky secondary option. My first option would be go back to the way it was and let the kid play. If like I, I know you what you said was yeah. the market didn't correct, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it will eventually, right? NBA teams aren't just going to keep drafting players who look similar to a player that is a pattern of player that has failed before over and over yeah. and over again because they were too raw and they weren't ready. You're like right. eventually, those guys are going to start going in the second round and then they're not going to get drafted. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. Or they'll have to go to college in order to get drafted. There is talk, you know, of the NBA letting um, changing the NBA development league to being a true development league where kids could, instead of playing in college, they go directly to the development league, get paid to play there, and you'd have to play either a year of college or that before you'd be able to play. I would love end. that. That's so great. It's, so it's like a step up, but it's a prof- you're a professional. Right. You are getting paid. Maybe you're getting paid a lot even. Maybe you're get- you can get drafted, and you know you go right into the DL or something like that. Yeah. There's all these ways it could work that that sort of make more sense because right now what college is is you know the NCAA is definitely farm teams yeah for it's develop it's a development league in its own way right and it's also entertainment like the March Madness is on we are going to talk about that in a second um and it is wildly entertaining when the tournament is on but I mean it's just about which coach is best at recruiting yeah right that's all it is now John Calipari yeah perfect example of that right that's that's who's best at recruiting yeah so I mean of course there's a a coaching element as well but of course it's It's kind of ridiculous at this point. It is. It's, it a, it's a completely bastardized. Yeah, it's, it's, it's messed up for sure. And now that it, when we talk about recruiting, when we say recruiting, we mean that in quotes, right? Because recruiting is often money. And mm-hmm. I mean, it has been that for a long time. But when we say recruiting, we just mean, you know, who's going to offer the most money and who's going to, I mean, it's, and it's prestige and favors and yeah, all these things. Yeah. So one of the nice things about the, the pros is at least that stuff is out in the open. You know, it's like, oh, Kevin Durant went to Golden State and he's getting this much money. Yeah. We know the deals. And so we can understand the motivations at least. And so we say, oh, he actually wants to win more. It's, there's nothing else yeah. going on there. Right. Oh, okay. That's interesting. You know, whatever it is. All right. Let's move on. We can okay. talk about this a lot longer. I yeah. But let's move on. That's a morass. So the tournament's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean right now, Grant. Yeah. Like, as we speak, I believe Butler and UNC are about to tip off in uh, round number three, the Sweet 16. 
So I've been watching the games, making bets with people, as I do, having a great time. Been a lot of amazing games, especially after the first round, which was kind of a dud. You, have you watched a single minute of the NCAAs? Nope. Not a single minute? No, I haven't. I'm, well, gonna, I'm going to today. Yes. Yeah. So why haven't you watched it, and why, why didn't you? You don't seem to, I mean, I sort of had to, I knew you were going to today because we talked about it, right? And we like made a yeah. few bets on the games and stuff like yeah. that, which I know will make you more interested. Cause Bet- it's betting always, always helps. It's really fun. Yeah. Why haven't you been interested in it? Pretty much ties into what we've just been saying. I don't care about. I, I went to a small liberal arts college, so I don't have like a college team that I root for. Yeah, I don't give a shit about any particular college team for any reason. I mean, I could go regional and care about the team near where I live or near where I grew up, but I never really have. I mean, there's a couple things that go on, and this is just a personal opinion. It's not necessarily what everybody feels. I. I just like professional sports a lot better than amateur sports or college sports because the players are better. They sure are. I really enjoy watching the best players instead of the players who are almost the best players. That helps a lot. But more than that, it's the feeling that nothing about the NCAA teams is substantive except for the coaches and the programs. It's just that the players are going to turn out in one year and they're going to be in the NBA and it won't matter what college they went to and who cares. I and mean, a lot, a lot of the players will stick around. Only the very, very best will leave. But still, those are the people we're going to notice and pay attention to the most for sure. Right. And it just, it all just feels like a kind of a big farce to me. Like, it feels like a big farm for the NBA, like you were saying. It yeah. feels like it's a AAA league, like the, the baseball AAA league instead of like an actual college environment. And I know it is a college environment, but it just doesn't feel as, it feels kind of like it's all just made up. Yeah, uh, almost just like as a way as a way to eventually make money on for the NBA and the NCAA makes money from the jersey sales and everything. And I know that everything is to make money. I get that. But the way the NCAA works with the one and done rule just really takes me out of college basketball. Hmm. So did you used to watch it? I re- yeah. Back before everybody was one and done, like I enjoyed watching like the UNC Duke games in like the 90s and hmm. stuff. And s- those were fun, you know, like. Didn't Vince Carter stay for a couple of years at least at UNC? I think he may have played two years at yeah. UNC. Back in the day, playing two years was a, like Chris Weber played for two years at Michigan. I mean, everyone played. No yeah. one left after a year. Just right. wasn't done. Yeah, I used to enjoy those teams a bit more when there was actual like an actual team. It yeah. wasn't like some guys who met four months ago, played for four months, and then went to the NBA. Right. Yeah, I hear that for sure. It's, it is Continuity is nice Yeah. Uh, for sure. It would be incredible and from a viewer standpoint if – there was, you know, the stars stayed for longer. I mean, it's not impossible to me that the NBA is ultimately going to come to a two-and-done deal instead of one-and-done. That would be better. I mean, it would be better for some. It would hurt the, some players. It would yeah. cost some players something like, you know, $70, $80 million in their careers, potentially, maybe more. Yeah. But, but ultimately, they still may come to that as, a, as an arrangement. Well, the problem with that also, and the problem with, like, my whole pie-in-the-sky four-year plan is the NCAA is a piece-of-shit organization well, who yeah. doesn't allow the players to get food or money from anybody and so if players are come from you know a hard background or or a poor background and don't have any money they still don't have any money because the ncaa won't let them capitalize on their fame or their ability at all yeah and so if we have the two and done or more rule then those players are locked into that for multiple years and that's very hard for them and their families so that's not cool i mean there, there would have to in order to extend the amount of years that's required I believe there would have to be a change in the NCAA policy for player compensation. I agree with you. That really should be – there should be a change either way, but I agree with yes, you, especially absolutely. in that case. I mean, this just comes back to what we were talking about before in some ways that 
I mean, the NCAA doesn't really make sense as as a thing. What there should be a lower level pro league, and that's right. where these kids should be playing until they're ready for the bigger pro league. There should be none of this. You have to play for anything. This whole notion that these guys play for your school and they're your guys is all ridiculous. They're yeah. not really students. They're mercenaries who've come in. Except there are a few students, but those guys are no good, and you don't yeah. care about them. You yeah. only care. You care about the Lonzo Balls of the world, right? right. Like that guy's amazing. That guy's going to be a great NBA player. Maybe one of the best NBA players. But, you know, he's in for one year. Look at Michael Porter Jr., right? Yeah. He was going to be a Washington guy. Now he's going to be a Missouri guy. But guess what? In a year, he's going to be on. He doesn't give a Nets, fuck where he's going. Yeah, he's going to be on, you know, whatever. Some terrible, terrible team. The Lakers or something like that in a year. And that's yeah. how it's going to go. The 76ers. And that's what he really is. He's going to be He's going to be an Adidas guy and a 76ers guy. That's all. And the year yeah. that he spent in college will mean nothing to him. Yeah. Right? Derrick Rose went to Memphis, right? Yeah, who cares? For one year. And that's it. Yeah. Does, does he have these big fond memories? No, it's just it was just a stopover. Yep. Right. All um, right. Why don't we Why don't we stop there in that very dark opening? Death. Well, fun, man. Death happens. Drink more. Nobody forget. Death, death. is a reality. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little NFL. Time to delve deep into the National Football League with Grant and Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> Jay Record tweets at us. We're of course at the Sportnado. Don't get caught up in that sportnado. That's right. I actually do. I mean, both. It's like not, I mean, you can get hurt, but it's worth it. It's a thrill, no matter what happens. I mean, Dorothy ended up in Oz. That was nice she for met, a while. She met the wizard. She killed that woman, that, <laughs> that woman with the broom. She committed murder. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's a life you, experience. It's good for your college application. <laughs> exactly. Good for your CV. Yeah. Jay Recker writes at the sportnado, thoughts on Romo still in Dallas? Well, geez, Jay, I do have some thank you. Okay. Now, you may be wondering, what? What's she talking about? What's even happening here? So Tony Romo not been traded, not been released yet from the Dallas Cowboys. Which was clearly the plan going into the free agency period. The Cowboys had basically said they were going to trade or release him by March 9th. They have not done so. Mm-mm. We are in the late late marches. Jerry Jones is full of shit. Yeah, that guy likes to lie. Yeah. That guy's full of lying. He's full of shit. It's an easier way to say it. No, when I said lion, I meant like the animal. Back to the Wizard he's, of Oz. He's got lions inside of him. Yeah, he's full of lion. Well, one lion. Okay. He's full of it, that lion. What's weird about that? Nothing, nothing. nothing. No, it's <laughs> nothing good. Nothing at all. So anyway, um, Tony Romo. So first of all, yeah, there's there was talk about him going to the Broncos. There's talk about him going to the Texans. But now there's new talk, Grant, about Adam Schefter's reporting that CBS is making a strong push to add Romo to its team, and that they're also Fox is interested in Romo replacing John Lynch as an analyst. So hmm. now we've got the Texans, we got the Broncos, we got Fox, we got CBS, and he's still on the Cowboys. Right. So two questions, really quickly. Number one, what's the best f- move for Romo, and what's actually going to happen? Okay. The best move for Romo is clearly to stop playing football. And go take one of these cushy announcer jobs because that guy is fucked up. Yeah. He's had a ton of injuries. He's already fucked for life as far as his pain and everything. One more year of football, especially if he's starting 16 games, which he never will. But like starting what, however many games until he gets severely hurt, that, that could be the equivalent of five years earlier in his career as far as the impact later in life because of the injuries he's already sustained and just the collective overall weight of all of those injuries on him over time. And I've, like, we've talked about how NFL injuries affect people a lot, and obviously we have a negative view on that, and I think it's a pretty well-rounded negative view that is fair. 
And if I were Tony Romo, I would take that gig at Fox or CBS, just talk and sit in a chair and not get hit by gigantic people. I mean, that sounds pretty good. So yeah. I, I agree. That's got to be the best move for Tony Romo. They're probably going to offer him a lot of money, not as much as he'd make playing quarterback. So I assume, though, he's got a lot of money saved up anyway. He probably, I mean, last year alone, he made something like $18 million. And he's had right? tons of endorsements throughout his life, and he's going to continue to make money. It's not right. like he's going to be short on money. He's a beloved person. Think about how much money he can just make in Texas. Right. Like, I mean, he doesn't even have to have a national commercial. He's going to have to just do commercials in Texas for the rest of his life and be fine. By the way, that guy never has to buy himself a meal again ever anyway. Anywhere he goes, yeah. people will buy him dinner, <laughs> even though he's rich. It's always yep. weird how that happens. Yep. Okay, so that's what he should do. What's going to happen? Well... The fact that he hasn't been released yet or traded makes me think it might be partially him. Maybe he maybe he is not recovering well from his injuries hmm. and he's thinking, shit, I was thinking it was gonna be better by now. Like I guess I could play, but it doesn't really feel I feel like something bad's gonna happen if I do. So maybe this is all leading up to his retirement. Hmm, be- maybe like, again he wants to retire as a cowboy and he's like Maybe he told the Cowboys, I need a couple more weeks to like feel this out and see how I feel. Hmm. And so I think, in my mind, this just makes it more likely that he will end up actually on TV instead of on a football team. Because part of me thinks this is his decision to wait it out and see what happens. Right on. I mean, I imagine that the Cowboys haven't traded or released him because there is some interest in, from those other two teams. Maybe some other ones we're not aware of as well. And... They're trying to drive the price up a little bit and feel like, well, we said March 9th, but that was a self-imposed deadline. What do we care? Like, we can wait sure. it out, see if we can get get more for him. But then there's that second piece, like you're saying, about maybe Romo isn't sure since the networks are coming after him. That wouldn't have gotten out unless he was seriously considering that, I have to believe. Yeah. So there's that. I want to just say something not about what's what he should do or what he will do. If I'm the Cowboys... Here's what I would do. If he wasn't retiring, if he's going to retire, it doesn't matter what you do, right? Yeah. But if he isn't retiring, I don't think I would trade him if I was the Cowboys. I think I'd just hold on to him. And to what end? Well, we went 13-3 and last year, right? If, we, we did. If, if Dak gets hurt yeah. and goes down, we ain't going anywhere. You got Tony for a game and a half then, at least. I mean, you got Tony. and to- You could actually win the Super Bowl with Tony Romo as your quarterback. That's you not been proven. But you could, right? I mean, that guy obviously has... How many playoff games has he won? What's his all-time career passer rating? Who cares? How what many playoff rank? games has he won? Are you... You're, but you don't You're going to ask answer my question with a question, you bastard? i say he won... Has he won one? I think he won one. I think he's won one. Yeah. He almost won another one. He was so it was, close. <laughs> it was so close. It was ridiculous. If he just close. had a little bit more oomph. I mean, come on. He, he almost ran that in. Almost. Uh, anyway, I think it's... But you, you don't... I, I think you're joking. I'm checking it. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, okay, good. Like, Tony Romo is absolutely a guy who could win you. Although I, I do believe, I don't believe there's such thing as a clutch factor necessarily. That's anything that you could uh, put on a piece of paper and make statistics for. But I do believe there is a choking factor in big games that some players have. And Tony Romo is a candidate to have that. When have you ever actually seen him choke, though? All the playoff games he's ever played. Just because he lost doesn't mean he choked. He's like Brian Hoyer over here. <laughs> that would be a better example. You know, it's interesting because when you say this, I'm reminded of Tom Brady. God damn it. <laughs> and the New England Patriots. No, you're not. I am. No, here's why. So a lot of people would argue that Brady is certainly among the clutchiest players, quarterbacks, whatever, of all time. Whatever. Clearly. Yeah. Um, who? Tom but, Brady. Who cares? But I remember him playing after they already won three or four Super Bowls because <laughs> that happened the first time around. Uh, him playing in a playoff game in Denver and he threw five interceptions. 
in the playoff game. And if you just took that, you know, without having context for the rest of his career, and you saw that, you'd think this guy chokes in the playoffs, much like Brian Hoyer did uh, a season ago, right? Like, this guy's no good. This guy doesn't have the heart for it, whatever. And in fact, you know, this is the guy who brought them back from 28-3 to late in the third quarter. What's your fucking point? (laughs) My point is that... Tony Romo hasn't had a game nearly as bad as Tom Brady has ever had in the playoffs. He's never thrown five picks or anything close to it. He's lost some games for sure. But there's a lot. There's 22 guys on the field, and Romo can absolutely step up, I think, and still be the guy. He also has led the team many, many times I, to come back. I know. I was just. I know he probably could. He's probably a guy who could win a Super Bowl. I was just being a dick. I know. Well, that's what you do, and you do it well. But my question— Thank you. My point is more to the point of, I think the Cowboys are better served not trading him and keeping him as DAC insurance because the team is good. The team is really, really good. And you've got this guy on your team who you know can play quarterback. And if you cut him, you have to pay him most of that money anyway. You have to pay him all this money either right. way. And you can afford it if you're the Cowboys. Why not just keep him? Okay, but a couple of weeks ago on this show, we were taking the long view on this. We were talking about Romo another time. Yeah. And I posited that it might even be good for the Cowboys for, for Romo to be gone in that it would be good for Dak because he wouldn't feel like his job was ever in jeopardy in any way. And there was anybody looking over his shoulder and would allow him to play better, feel more free with his play and develop better and would be good for the Cowboys, not ju- just this year, but in the future. And you agreed with me. I don't disagree with that point, but I also think at this point he's one rookie of the year. It's clearly his job. I mean... What's it going to take for Dak to lose his job at this point? It's going to be some terrible shit. What if he has three game. games in a row where he, for for the cumulatively for the three games, he throws three touchdowns and ten interceptions, and Romo's on the team, and they go zero and three. Yeah, um, then they'll start talking about right. This. That's what they would not they, talk about it. He if won't his, get benched if though. his backup was Brandon Whedon, they wouldn't consider talking about it. That's probably true, and that might hurt Dak if that talk starts. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it's a possibility. It could the, create a mental issue. If you're the kind of guy who gets hurt by that, though, you probably aren't going to make it. I'm really not saying he's hurt. I, I'm not. I don't you mean just he's like it would hurt Dak. You I don't. I don't it. mean emotionally hurt. I mean, well, what do you mean? I mean, it might hurt his development, hurt his confidence, hurt the way he feels like he can play. That sounds like emotionally. When you said hurt his confidence, hurt the way he feels he can play, that's emotional, right? <sighs> it's mental. Different. Okay, fine. So I'm saying if you're the kind of guy who gets impacted by that kind of stuff, you can't handle people doubting you. Are you saying you're not going to make it? Are you saying that no great quarterbacks have ever had doubts about themselves? No, I'm saying those guys may have had doubts and then handled it and were fine. Right, but That's maybe how you do it. But maybe they could have developed quicker if they didn't have to deal with the doubts. Maybe, or maybe by overcoming the adversity, it puts them in spots and helps make them great. We don't really know. Now, do we? Tag, tag your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we've beaten this Romo thing yeah. to the ground. So let's move on, shall we? Uh, appearing on ESPN's first take on Friday, Richard Sherman was a guest, Grant. He's, uh, he's bodacious. He's a good guy. That's a 90s word. They asked him about Colin Kaepernick, and they said, Cap. is he being blackballed by NFL teams? And here's Richard Sherman's response. And what, can you explain first to the listeners what you mean by when blackballed? Yeah. Like, Meaning like no one's hiring him in theory, basically because, because he's a protest. free, because he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. Right? He, the, yeah. the 49ers are, haven't resigned him, which is not crazy. Right. But the fact that no one has signed him is a little weird. When you look at some of the quarterbacks who are being signed, Mark Sanchez just signed. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, come on. So Richard Sherman says, I'm sure he is. It's difficult to see because he's played at such a high level. And you see guys, quarterbacks, who have never played at a high level being signed by teams. Mark Sanchez, for example. So it's difficult to understand. Obviously, he's going to be in a backup role at some point. 
But at this point, but you see quarterbacks. There was a year Matt Schaub had a pretty rough year and got signed the next year. So it has nothing to do with football. You can see that. They signed guys who have had off years before. I can't believe it. I can't believe that Richard Sherman would do that to Matt Schaub. <laughs> Throw him under the bus like that. Yeah, it was pretty harsh. Yeah. Matt Schaub's still in the league, by the way. No, Richard Sherman has a very interesting point. Mm. Do you disagree? Um, I agree with this. He goes on to say things that I don't agree with. He says Cap could start on probably 20, te- 20 of the teams in the league. That no, he could maybe incorrect. start on five of them. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it would be very precarious starting because like, he was starting on San Francisco barely last year. Yeah. But he certainly is a backup at least and maybe a starter. And he's still young-ish, right? Yeah. Maybe he could start in the Jets or something. Right. The Jets yeah. don't have anything going for them. He might still end up starting on the Jets, right? I mean, Hey, it's beer know? number two time. Hey. All right, so if you're drinking along with Grant at the gold medal level, this should be beer number four. <laughs> we're not doing the game, but, you know, you can drink at whatever pace you want because we're just friends hanging out. But the thing is, the waiter just came by, so if you didn't order now and you're not drinking now, it's kind of <laughs> like you're being a dick to the waiter because yeah. then he has to come back again. you got to tip him again. Yeah, it's like, uh, why, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, so open the beer are already. Are you feeling any buzz yet? Feeling no. Buzz? No. Are you going to feel a buzz after this one? Is that enough? I'd maybe maybe a tiny buzz all right good enough we'll take tiny on this show we don't need much we're small you're spilling that thing everywhere by the way just on the ground just spilling it no problem okay good fantastic okay so back to colin kaepernick and company yeah i'm going classy i poured it in a glass and a little little drop spilled okay i mean it's your floor what do i care it mostly went on my foot so (laughs) so there's there's two issues at play here one is that it seems like Richard Sherman is right, like we're saying, that teams are intentionally avoiding Kaepernick because he was kneeling for the national, uh, anthem. national anthem rather than standing. Although many, many other players and teams have done that since he was the he started that. He, right? I mean, he's clearly the guy who was who's at the center of all of that. Right, but surely teams have signed many free agents of other guys who did that last yes. season, right? So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the, the perception, face of it. Yeah, the, the perception, face of it. the face of it. Yeah, yeah. By he's, the way, Donald, the Trump, guy. Donald Trump is actually taking credit for the fact that Colin Kaepernick hasn't been signed yet. He said, teams are afraid of me tweeting about them. That, well, I'm not surprised. That may be true, actually, if you think about it. Like, I why guess. are they avoiding this? That's the kind of stuff they're trying to avoid, right? Maybe there's something to it. I but, think yeah. if they're really trying to avoid something, it's not that. I think it's more likely akin to the Michael Sam situation, where, mm. where people are genuinely afraid it will affect their locker room in a negative way. I mean, you think the players are going to care? I don't think the I think some care. the players who don't fall on the side the Kaepernick falls on might care. It might create rifts in the locker room. I mean, every NFL locker room had guys who didn't who 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 knelt and stuff like that though. So like everyone's yeah, seen that already. I guess that's fair. So I don't I don't think that's true. Um I would guess, I guess it may be like the Michael Sam situation though, where teams are like I mean, he's a marginal player anyway. Do we want the headache? You know, that's yeah, the, that's the piece. That might be what it is. I guess I more likely than that, it's that the majority of team owners, if not all of them, fall on the conservative spectrum of politics. And that's the side that doesn't like what Colin Kaepernick was doing. Yeah. And they might be saying, fuck that guy. I don't want that guy. Right. Yeah. There's, there could be some of that, too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's only 32 owners, right? Is it 30 or 32? 32. 32 owners. Yeah, that's right, because there's four divisions. Um, so... But you figure there's got to be a few who just like you know we could really use a backup quarterback. He's got he's got to be signed eventually, right? He just yeah, has no, to. he will he will be picked up. But there might be something to what Richard Sherman is saying, and that it's taking longer than it should because right. I would guess owners are the ones coming from on high saying where the GM says should we get Kaepernick, and the owner says no, 
let's find somebody else who doesn't hate America or whatever that guy I mean, thinks. It, doesn't, it could also just be like an owner saying, I just don't want to deal with it. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with the guy doing it, but I don't want to deal with all the stuff that's going to, it's going to be such a thing. And I don't want to, right. I, I don't want our team to have to deal with it. I do. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. I mean, I mean, I Cap, certain, Cap sort of invited this by being the first guy to do this. He right. knew he was getting himself into something by doing this, right? Yeah. I mean, for those of you who can't tell based on all of everything we've ever said, we fall on the Kaepernick side of things of for the most part. Um, but I, I did find it interesting that after Kaepernick started doing that, his jersey sales became the number one sales in the NFL. Yeah. That guy wasn't even starting. Like, so that, that tells you the media level that occurs right. and the attention that occurs on him if you sign him. Absolutely. So if you have a team that's actually good and you just need a backup quarterback, like, what's a good team that needs a backup quarterback? Um, geez, how about the Seattle Seahawks? Okay, the Seattle Seahawks. The, the story stops being about how the Seahawks are good or, or how they might sign uh, a, what running back do they sign? Eddie Lacy. How they sign Eddie Lacy, or or how Russell Wilson's having the greatest year of his career. The number one story about the Seahawks becomes Colin Kaepernick, and it becomes a distraction. I mean, it does, but only for a week, right? Yeah. Because he said he's not going to do that anymore. He's actually said he will stand oh, for really? the anthem from now on. So actually, week one, there'll be all the cameras on him. He's going to stand as he said he would, I'm sure. And then that'll be it. And it'll right. be over. And if well, you're the Seahawks, you can actually say like, yeah, yeah we signed him because we like him and we're trying to win a championship. And you don't have, you know, you don't have to, you're sort of more used to distractions anyway right. than like the Bucks or something. I guess uh, the Bucks, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> oh, but yeah, gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the, the Occam's razor on this thing in my mind is that it's some dickish spite from owners. That's, yeah, that's my guess. It's possible. It's probably a combination of things. I don't think it's as much spite as it is just not wanting to have to deal with the trouble of it. And, and the coach is not wanting to have to make that a big part of every press conference when they don't have to. They can elect just not to sign him and not have to deal with that. Yeah. And it is sort of interesting. Like, again, Cap chose to do this and put himself in this spot. And he's going to get signed eventually, though. So maybe this is all just sort of, you know, he's going to get signed by it, like probably for a little bit less money. And for, like, teams that would have wanted him have chosen not to go after him. That's all. But yeah. he's going to be in the NFL. He's way too talented not to be in the NFL. He, they I, mean, take, I mean, Adrian P. There's so many, people, so many people in the NFL who no one would ever want to be in a room with. You right. Know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Colin Kaepernick, I would probably be cool to be in a yeah. room with. Well, that's our opinion. <laughs> well, okay, fine. But, yeah. like, no one wants to be in a room with Greg Hardy no matter what. Right? Well, yeah, he might kill you. Exactly. Like, yeah. you, he's like, did you look at me? Was that you looking at me? You know, I mean, like. I'd Here's one of my 40 shotguns I'm going to shoot you I with. I mean, it'd be bad. It'd be yeah. bad. So. Like, that guy was in the NFL, and the Cowboys talked about what a leader he was on defense. So, like, you know. Yeah, fair enough. This is like the hypocrisy edition. We got to get out of this. We, let's, let, okay, we're going to We don't have to get out of anything. Oh. It's, this is the Sportnado. Once yeah. you get in, you stay in You're the Sportnado. trapped in the Sportnado. Your life, the rest of it, however long it may be, probably not that long, <laughs> it's all Sportnado. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you get to die. Yeah. So that's cool. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk National Basketball Association. We're probably not going to be talking about hypocrisy anymore, so that's exciting. I'm going to find a way. Yeah, you always do. Thank you. Now that we're back from the half, before we get into the National Basketball Association, it's time for another fake ad. Oh, you're springing it on me, are you? You don't know anything, buddy. I, I know plenty. Okay, you know a lot. But it's time for fake ads anyway. All right. All right, you ready? So make an advertisement, a commercial, if you will. <laughs> oh, really? For really long shoelaces. Go. Really long shoelaces? Really long shoelaces. Extra long shoelaces. Okay. Are you a prison? Do you run a prison? 
Yeah. You do? Sure. Well, I got something for you. It's called really long shoelaces. You know what sucks? No. When you're running a prison, you know what sucks. Yeah. The overpopulation of your prison. It is a problem. Yeah. What do prisoners like to do? Kill themselves? They like to kill themselves. <laughs> so if you go ahead and make sure all the shoelaces are really long, those who are kind of on the fence, make it a little bit easier. Yep. Reduce that population. Open up some new cells. That's more money for you, buddy. Happy prison day. <laughs> Happy prison day. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was... Remember I said we were going to get away from the hypocrisy and the darkness? Yeah. Right back into it. You didn't it say we were going to get away from the darkness. I didn't? Oh, no. good, because we really... That was dark. Yeah, I know. Wow. What do prisoners like to do? Kill them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. There's some people out there listening very upset with you right now. Yeah, that's... That's, that's and the deal. to those people, I would say, that's fair. Yeah. You're allowed, <laughs> you're allowed to be upset with me. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Well, let's talk... NBA, shall we? All right. We are getting close to the playoffs, Grant. We inch ever closer, and it's good times. I've been enjoying the NBA this year. The NBA's been great, even though it seems like there are two teams that seem destined ultimately to meet in the finals. Yeah. Eh, it's not as clear as it was at least, you know, four months ago. Sure. We can say that. So there's been seedings and um, just fights for playoff spots in both conferences at this point. Yeah. So. For example, why don't we start at the bottom of the Western Conference, where you've been paying a lot of attention, I know. I have. The Portland Trailblazers currently occupy the ninth spot. We are in Portland, after all. We are. We're a game behind Denver and many, many games behind Memphis. So basically, it's Denver, Portland, and maybe a little bit of Dallas and New Orleans. But it's mostly just Denver and Portland. Yeah, fighting for that spot. Yeah. So... What what are your thoughts on this? Denver is currently 34 and 37. The Trailblazers are 33 and 38. So not a whole lot of games left for anybody. Right. So I think both teams are very interesting. I think they will both easily lose in the first round. It's oh, not they're gonna get blown out by the Warriors. Yeah, but it, it's kind of fun to make the playoffs anyway, right? Like Is as a it? yeah, as a Portland fan, I want them to make the playoffs, even though I know they're gonna get blown out. You'd rather do that than have a shot at the top, one of the top three picks in the draft? I mean what shot? I mean it's a tiny, tiny shot. It's not a great chance, it's true. But you know, let's say it's I don't know what it is. I don't have it in front of me. Let's say it's 4%. It's way less than that. For, for any of the three it's, picks? It's under... Oh, for any of the three picks. For first pick, it's under 1%. Yeah. yeah. But I was, I was doing for all three. Okay. It's probably something around 4%. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's 3%. Maybe it's 2%. You'd, I mean, rather, if I, if I'm being, you'd rather lose in five games in the first round than have a If I'm being truly chance? logical, yeah. then certainly I would, I would want to get the pick. Yeah. I get that. But... I'm an actual fan of the Blazers, right. so things are different. My brain is dumb when it comes to this. Like, mm. I was thinking the other day when we were at a Blazers game the other day. Yeah. And I was thinking about how Damian Lillard is beloved in Portland. Like, everybody loves that guy, right? And I was wondering, and I was thinking, like, if the Nuggets offered Nikola Jokic for Damian Lillard, obviously the Blazers should take it in a heartbeat and then go be as happy as they've ever been in their lives. It would right. be an incredible deal for them. Of course. But Blazers fans would be irate, right? <laughs> like, they would be really mad that Lillard got traded. Right? Do you agree with that? Um, I think they would, especially for a guy like Jokic, who a lot of them probably don't know who he is or much about him. And he just seems like a Euro guy who... All right, let's switch it up. It was actually the Bucks blazers game for yeah. Giannis. I mean, I think there would be the people who don't really follow... The Blazers would be irate, but I anyone think who you, really watches the NBA would not be irate. I think no, you 
certainly overestimate how well-educated most NBA fans are. Maybe you're right. You think a lot of them don't know how good Giannis is? Here's the thing. This is why I was thinking this, because yeah. a little part of me didn't want them to make that deal. Really? I was watching Lillard play against Giannis, and I was, a little part of me was like, I don't really want him to do that if, if, like, if they got the offer. So that plays into me wanting them to make it into the playoffs, right? right? It might not be logical, but that's what I want as a fan of the Blazers. Got it. Does that make sense? It does, actually. I mean, as a fan, not of the Blazers so much, but as of the Celtics, I find myself feeling like, God, they really need to make a trade. They have too many assets. they got to consolidate. And I'm like, but I don't really want them to trade any of the players. I like all the players, you know, and I like understand some of those guys are not going to be on the team in two years, but but I can't really picture who that would be because I like watching all of them, you know, except the guys who are terrible who right. went off the team. But that's so I understand that is what I'm saying. Yeah. So certainly the Blazers or the Nuggets will lose in the first round. Oh, they're going to get but demolished. I, I want the Blazers to make it. I do. The Blazers did play an extraordinary series last year against the Warriors in the second round. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah, they played great. I think it went six. Yeah. But it was, I think games five and six were both like all-time classic games. Well, basically. I mean, when you get those teams, even though the Warriors are going to win most of the time, yeah. when you get those teams together, it's fun just because of their shooters. Yeah. Like the Blazers have the second best shooting backcourt in the NBA. Maybe right. the best by percentage, I think, at this point. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But So that makes it just a fun game. Um, so a little things about the Blazers and the Nuggets. For those of you who are, haven't been following much NBA, the Blazers recently made a trade. They got Yusuf Nurkic, and he became from the Nuggets, in fact, right. for Mason Plumley. And Nurkic was just a backup to Jokic because Jokic has been so good. I know those names are confusing, but Jokic is like an elite superstar level guy. Right, and yeah. Nurkic was playing like 11 minutes a game. And he was upset about it because he was a first-rounder the year before Jokic was. Then Nurkic set out because he was hurt. He's a 22-year-old, and he feels like he deserves more minutes. Gets traded to the Blazers. The Blazers crushed the Nuggets in that deal. The Blazers get Nurkic and a first rounder. The Nuggets get Plumley and a second rounder. Like they got obliterated and, in that deal. And Plumley's up for free agency, so they're gonna have to pay him like sixteen million bucks a year for the next four years. Nurkic is not, at least right. for another year or two. Yeah, and, and Nurkic is on a rookie deal. Yeah. yeah. So it's a much better deal in all ways for the And Nurkic Blazers. is twenty two, Plumley's twenty six. Nurkic is clearly better than Plumley. It was clearly a bad deal for the Nuggets right away, but no one thought that Nurkic was clearly better than Plumley until now, until we've gotten to see him play. Right. Um, with the Blazers, but that is like wow! It's even worse for the Nuggets. Yeah, and now the Blazers have a clear th- like three players who are their best players. Yeah, with Lillard, McCollum, and and Nurkic. So they have those three guys. They're solid. They're good. And since the Nurkic trade, the Blazers have won something like seventy eight percent of their games. Seventy eight. I like how you yeah. did that. What? Okay, cool. Seventy eight. That, that was it. Maybe a couple days ago. I yeah. don't. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Okay. Anymore. Um, but it's it's been a really good run for them. That's where they are. They have this team. This cohesive thing that's moving forward that's starting to work out. The Nuggets are really interesting in a different way in that they have Nikola Jokic. And if you haven't seen this guy play or looked at his stats, this kid's just incredible. Somehow he was a second rounder. He's one of the most valuable properties in the NBA now. Yeah, that's he, right. And they don't really have anybody else. It's interesting about the Nuggets. They have Daniil Gallinari, they have Wilson Chandler, and they have Kenneth Fareed. They have Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray. But none of those guys are putting up second best player on the team numbers Correct. for a good team. Not even close. Like, if if Danilo Gallinari was your third best player, maybe you can get by. If your second best player is really good, yeah, you could. But he can't be your second best player, and Agreed. neither can Wilson Chandler. And right now, maybe in the future, but right now, neither can Jamal Murray. I mean, Gallinari starting at oh, he isn't starting at power forward for them anymore. He probably no. was, but now they they're starting Plumley. Yeah, so it's a big front line, and and that they don't need Gallinari to rebound. So right. it's good because he doesn't. Yeah, so it feels like the Nuggets have a superstar and a bunch of fourth best players, mm. and. They're winning anyway because Jokic is so good. So it's like the teams are they're different, 
but they're both winning a lot recently somehow. After after the trade, even though the Blazers clearly won the trade, they've both been doing really well after the trade. Well, Jokic has really spread his wings in the last month and a half or yeah. something like that. And by the way, the Nuggets have got a huge amount of young talent. They've got, as we are saying, Murray. They have Korchev, Jokic. They also have Moutier, who's still on their team, who is not playing right now. He, I yeah. think he's the third-string point guard. But he was so young, he's probably like 21 now. Yeah. He could still really become a serious player for them yeah, they down have, the road. They have a potential future, but this year, all they have is Jokic. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's interesting that they've made, made it work at least enough to be in contention for the playoffs with just that. Yeah, it is interesting. Um a few weeks ago, we were talking about how San Antonio was the current number one seed in the West. That is no longer the case. No. Golden State is back to being two games over and look like they're going to cruise ultimately to the number one seed, as we would have expected. San Antonio, clearly the number two seed, six games in front of Houston, who is five and a half games in front of Utah. That's almost certainly going to be your top four. Mm-hmm. Then you got Clippers, OKC, Memphis, and then there's that fight for the eighth seed. That's the West. The East is a little bit different. The East does have a fight right now for the top seed. Somehow, some way. Your Boston Celtics Boo. are only a game out of the of the first place of the East, my man. Of the first place? I can't even speak. It's so impossible to me. Cleveland has not been playing great. They've been starting to rest their players a little bit more. They've had some injuries as well. They're four and six in their last ten. Celtics have been kind of on fire of late. Only six and four in their last ten, but if you push that out a little bit further, it's been very impressive. They're one game back. They have the easiest schedule in the NBA the rest of the way, and they do play the Cavs once. I don't think the Celtics are actually going to catch the Cavs, but they could. Maybe the question is this. If they were to be the number one seed, does it really matter? No. It's got to matter a tiny bit, doesn't Maybe it? Maybe a little. Like a little bit, it helps, A right? tiny, but the Cavs are still going to win, right? I mean, they have to, don't they? LeBron, like, LeBron, in a series where the Cavs aren't doing well, will make sure they win. Right. I mean, he's just going to win. Maybe in two years this would be enough, right? When LeBron's yeah. 34, but he's still 32, and he's still LeBron. Yeah. And that's just more than the Celtics can handle, I got to believe. If LeBron was kind of hurt and the Celtics had home court advantage, I would start to believe. Maybe you guys should pull a San Antonio and turn the heat up, you know? Ooh, but, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. So that's that's what's going on at the top of the division, or sorry, the, the conference. On the bottom of the conference, we talked about how the Miami Heat were making a push. They are now finally officially in the playoffs. They've passed your Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I don't care Your about Chicago yeah. Bulls, Grant. They're in eighth place. They're a game and a half behind Indiana. They look, although they're only a game up on Chicago and Detroit, almost certainly Miami is going to hold on to that. They've been on fire the Bucks have been good too, by the way. We, the, we talked yeah. about Miami and the Bucks as the surging teams. The we Bucks did. are in the sixth seed. I'm I'm going to guess they end up as the fifth seed going to the playoffs. I mean, they're eight. They've won eight of the last ten. They're a game behind the Hawks, who are th- won three of their last ten. I don't. I I mean, when we watched them play, we actually watched Milwaukee play a few yeah. days ago in Portland, and I was impressed with how easily they were able to get Giannis the ball underneath. Now. He's up against the worst defensive, you know, backcourt in the league, et cetera, et cetera. Although who was, I guess they weren't really deep. Probably a small forward was Ding him. So it was like Evan Turner and Mo Harkless Alpha and stuff Camino. like that. Okay. He seemed to have no problem at all getting off like a six-foot hook shot whenever he wanted against those guys. Also, their defense is great. Like, we were talking about the, the Blazers. They have very bad defensive backcourt. Yeah. They also have one of the best offenses in the NBA. Right. And the Bucks shut them down for the majority of the game just with really, really strong defense. Yeah. They're like a really good defensive team. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got Cleveland and Boston fighting for the top seed. Probably Cleveland's going to hold on. And maybe it doesn't matter anyway. Then you've got Washington and Toronto battling for the three and the four. 
which is basically battling for the right to not play the Cavs in the second round, assuming yeah. Cleveland holds on. That's right? a nice thing to not do. Yeah, there's only a half-game difference between the two of them, but Kyle Lowry out for the rest of the season, yeah. the regular season for Toronto, so you have to expect Washington's going to ultimately hold on to that third spot. Then you got Atlanta in the fifth seed as of right now. They're a game in front of Milwaukee and Indiana, both tied right now at 36 and 35, and then there's Miami one game, or sorry, one and a half games back. And it doesn't really feel like any of the other teams are going to make it. It really doesn't. What happened ex- to Charlotte? Remember at the beginning of the year when Charlotte was good? Charlotte was good last year. They won 48 games last year. Yeah. And, and then, then the they started off on fire this year. The beginning of this year, I think they started like 10 and 1 or something. Not that good, but close. Close. They were the best team in the East for at least a little Another while. 32 and 39. I mean, what the heck? They're happened? opposite Miami. I don't think anyone even really got hurt. Kemba's fine. Nicholas Batum is playing. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. They're opposite Miami. That's what's going on. You know what they should have done? They should have traded for the pick that became Frank Kaminsky, man. That's yeah. what they should have done. They should put Michael Jordan on the floor. I would love to see Michael Jordan still be on the floor. I want to see LeVar Ball. I want to see Michael Jordan on the same team. That's what I want to see. <laughs> no, they can't. They can't. No, that it would be a great story. Yes. The narrative is what matters. That's what I always say. I know. You love talking about the narrative. Yeah. You bring that up all I've, the I've brought it up at least five times so far in this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, um, anything else you want to say about the NBA? Uh, I know that it's kind of lame that Durant went to the Warriors and that it seems like there's no chance anybody else wins. Yeah. But it's been a fun year. It has. Yeah, it's been a good year in the NBA. There's been triple doubles all over the place. You know, there's a lot of young stars emerging. The NBA has a bright future. It's kind of like the opposite of the NFL. <laughs> I mean, the NFL was kind of a fun year, too. I mean, we're going to pretend it was, it was absolutely a fun, a fun year. I'm talking about the future. Yeah. I mean, the NFL has is owning the present and has owned the yeah. present for like the last 25 years. But yeah, you're right. It's possible. I don't know if you're right. It's possible the NBA is ultimately going to win out in the future. Your position of- last week was yeah. that the NFL is screwed because people are going to stop letting their high school kids play yeah. football. No, that's what I was. Yeah, I was just going there. Yeah, okay. no, I I completely think that is a real problem for the NFL, and they're going to have to fix that. But they might come up with some fixes for that too. You know, make the game safer, care more about player safety, things like. They'll never do that. They'll that. never do that. Better drugs. I don't know. Not my mm, problem. Drugs, Nanobots. Yeah. Nanobots might just save the day for the NFL. Sure. Roger Goodell's just laying in bed, jerking off. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why did you do that? I decided to go there. You did. Sorry, I, everyone. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> I decided it was funny. You thought my fake ad was offensive. That was way more offensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Well, I, I thought it was time for some much-needed levity. Yeah, that was great. So I brought Thank it. you so much. I brought the humor. Now my life is ruined. All right. Why don't we stop there? We'll come back for one final quarter of Let the Grant Fix It. It's time for quarter four. Before we get into Let the Grant Fix It, I want to give everyone a little tournament challenge bracket update. Oh, that's exciting. We are into day two of the Sweet 16, and coming into the day, Hockey Guy Patrick is currently leading. Number two is Convitorium. Nice. Yep. Um, There's several others in there as well. But, of course, whoever wins gets to guest produce an episode if they want or can just send in uh, any question they want. So, Hockey Guy Patrick, I can't tell based on this if – I think he likes hockey. If you just nailed yesterday or if you're ahead in general. You've had a very good Sweet 16 so far. Only you and Celebrate LeVar Ball have Mm. uh, really crushed it. But we're going to find out soon who is the champion and who will determine – what happens to the show? We should celebrate LeVar Ball. I mean, I love LeVar Ball, so I'm I'm down. I'm totes down. Do you want to marry him? I mean, you love him. You want to marry him? He's already married, Grant. So, so it's not right. Be open to to try marriage. <laughs> 
What do you mean? Try marriage. T R I. Try marriage. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, shall we, uh, you know, get into, by the way, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Colin G West for setting up that sport NATO bracket. Oh yeah. Thanks Thanks, Colin. We appreciate that. My man. All right. We have a tweet for the latest LTGFI. All right. It's from Mark Testart. Mark Testart. All right. I believe he's an Aussie. He's a poker guys listener. I didn't know he was a uh, listener to this he's show. He's a crossover listener. Yeah. Nice job, Mark. It's tough, especially because he's from Australia. So we really appreciate you listening, despite the fact that you're Australian. <laughs> 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 no, because the NBA and NFL are, are far less important. NBA is, oh. probably, NBA is probably kind of a big deal in Australia, yeah. but I would guess the NFL doesn't matter that much. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, I wish you hadn't clarified that, I'll be honest. It's better better when you just made it sound like well I, you, you, go, like you get the best choice. of both worlds this way yeah it's true i get it all yeah and i love having it all so of course ltgfi that's let the grant fix it if you have a suggestion for let the grant fix it you can tweet it at us we are at the sport nato if you want you can even hashtag that puppy ltgfi as What's, mark did hashtag a puppy i mean hashtag that puppy what when i hear you say that i think of taking like a a spray spray paint can and hashtagging a puppy yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What I mean, that's what I think. There's nothing remarkable about. No, it's that. cool though. It's like just go like there's like a person walking down the street with a new puppy. Yeah. You just put a little hashtag you on. You got to do it with permanent permanent spray paint. Though. So the so dog knows. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you, if it's a puppy, as it grows, the hashtag looks really weird because it gets all stretched out. Yeah, it's cool. It's so cool. It's like art in itself. Yeah, it's like Banksy. Banksy does that. Banksy's done it. <laughs> yeah, of course he has. Anyway, Mark Testart yeah, anyway. says this. NBA teams like the Warriors and the Cavs, quote, resting, unquote, their best players and practically throwing the games, dot, 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 so, dot. So making the games less watchable when you're expecting one of these great teams to be playing and it's like, oh, Steph Curry is not playing. Clay Thompson's not playing. Tim Duncan is not even playing. What are we going to do? Yeah, basically that. I mean, there's been some notable... Examples recently, uh, the Saturday night games, I think the last two weeks have featured the Cavs and the Warriors and the Spurs. And I think in each of those games, several star players have set out for, quote, rest, unquote. I mean, I'm sure it is rest. Um, I think the Cavs rested LeBron, maybe and Kyrie for one of those games. Yeah. And it was the second game of a back-to-back. And Ty said, I understand it doesn't look good, Ty Lue, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do here. We're trying to win, trying to win the title. All right. So, how do you solve this one? Okay, I have the unfun fix, but I think it's interesting. Okay, and actually, I'm going to need your help with it. Well, okay, I'm, because I'm I just have the, you. I just have the first piece. No props. The first piece is there has to be a reward slash penalty based on point differential. Ah, oh, okay. So, how do we do that? What do we implement? Um. Well, when you say a reward slash penalty, let's start with that. What kind of rewards and penalties are you imagining? I don't know. That's okay. why I need your help. But like, if you have the best point differential in the NBA, you, yeah. there's there's something good that happens for you. Like maybe in the off season, there's something good that happens. I don't know. Something that has to do with maybe the second round of the draft. I don't know. I don't think that would be enough. No, that would be a team enough. Like the Spurs or the Warriors. No, to you're care. right. They're trying to win a title here. You you're know? right. That's problematic. Yeah, I don't think that's going to do it. Maybe we do home court advantage based on point differential. Even that, I don't think, is enough. I think they'd rather make sure their guys are totally rest. I mean, think about the Cavs. LeBron yeah. took two weeks off last year. Now, he took them completely off, so that's one thing. That's different, right? But he took two weeks off, and they won the title, and he played as good as anyone's ever played in the finals. Yeah, actually. that's true. 
Okay. Like, I don't know that you but can. But do you come see up where I'm reward. coming from? You I think? see what you're trying to do. It's just hard to come up with an incentive system, which is going to work out for teams that are trying to win a title. Okay, this is fucked up, but I have something. Let's go. Um, so there's a sliding scale of salary cap. Okay. And the the better your point differential, the like it's a each team gets a slot on the salary cap thing, like one to thirty out of the teams. Whoever has the best point differential gets one. Whoever has the worst point differential gets thirty. And each one is there's less salary cap room. Okay, there's a problem with that. Okay. The main problem is a team like the Warriors, which have the best point differential, can also rest their players and still have the best point differential. And a team like the 76ers, who really need that salary cap room and are trying, just aren't very good. So we're sort of That's too fucking bad. We're, <laughs> we're penalizing all the bad teams, rewarding the good teams, and they can still rest their players. Okay. The good teams get to rest. Like the point differential thing, I don't think it's going to work unless it's based on expected points or something like that. Expected point differential and the difference between the two, which seems pretty unfair. All right, I don't know. Okay. Good try, though. All let right. Me, let me take a shot. All right. What if you did something like this, where uh, you could have games where the stars rested, but if – I don't know how to do this exactly. I, knew, I might need some help with this. But okay. If the Cavs rest LeBron, then the Warriors have to rest Durant. And so, like, if the best three players on one team have to rest, the best three players on the other team have to rest, too. So you get, like, scrubs playing and all that. But on both teams, so it's like a scrub versus scrub game. I would enjoy that. I so the, the, scrubs the play. players have to be ranked by quality before each game? <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe not exactly. But, like, if you, take a, if you take a rook off the board, then the other team should have to lose a rook also. I don't know if that's enforceable in any way. I don't know. None of this is enforceable yet. Someone else had come up with the idea. I read, I'm not sure who, some basketball luminary came up with the idea that players, or sorry, teams would have to announce before the season started when they'd be resting their players so everyone knew ahead of time. So like... That's interesting. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, we're going to see the, the, you know, the Blazers game against the Bucks, but we know Giannis isn't playing, so the tickets are cheaper, and we, we know that going in, so there's no disappointment for the fans. Yeah. Like that. That's not a bad fix. It's not terrible. I mean, the teams, I guess, may not always actually adhere to that. But I guess the deal would be they don't have to rest the guy, but they're not allowed to rest him at any other time. The problem, of course, is it's easy for teams to get around this. They could just claim there's an injury, right? Yeah. They can always claim injury that takes, keeps the guy out for two games. And how can anyone dispute that? Truth serum. Now we're getting somewhere. Right. Okay. So if a player is to be rested. <laughs> I'm liking this already. So there has to be truth serum involved. Yeah. And what is it? Sodium pentothal? That's right. Yeah. Does that actually work? Do you know? I mean, the CIA used to believe it worked. I don't know how they feel about it now. That's good enough for me. In the universe in which this Let the Grand Fix It is operating, (laughs) truth serum works 100% of the time. Great. So the truth is told, and this is part of your contract that you sign when you enter the NBA. Okay. So if a team decides to rest any player on their team— for non-injury reasons, yeah, the coach doesn't get to coach that game, and he can't watch the game, and he can't help in any way. Mm. So no matter what, if you're going to rest LeBron, that means the coach and also the top three assistant coaches can't coach the game. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. So it has to be tougher. coached by a scrub. A scrub coach. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so you're saying basically now you can only do it if you have an injury. Are you allowed to – these guys are allowed to miss games. And are yeah. we going to do like sodium – Pentothal, 
questioning after each injury for the injury stuff too or something like yes. that? Yes. Because we'd have to. Now, we don't necessarily have to. I was First, I was concerned about this because I was like, so we're going to be shooting up number three. So that's number six if you're on the platinum level. Uh, if you're a... Uh, if you're going to be shooting up these these elite athletes with drugs all the time, I thought that might be problematic. But you don't have to. It's just the doctors. The team doctors yeah. are the only person you have to ask. Right. So it's no problem. No problem. Right. And those so, doctors are expendable. We'll get <laughs> no, a new one any day. I mean, it's no big deal. Who yeah. cares about those guys, right? It's great. So, yeah, so we shoot them up and we ask them, uh, you know. I got a better solution. You Even better? I fixed it. Okay. okay. It's different. It still involves all the same fixes, except the punishment is not the same. Good. The punishment is not that the coach doesn't coach. The assistant coaches don't coach. However many minutes per game that player has been averaging, that's how many minutes you have to play with four players on the floor. That's great. That's, that's what you got. Strong. Boy, Cleveland would really struggle with that with LeBron. He plays 38 minutes a yeah. game. <laughs> They're like, well, we're just going to lose. Right. That's fine. So if you're... You can you can still choose to do it. You can rest a player, play okay. four players, and you basically decide to lose the game. So wait, wait. Oh, that. So the penalty for resting a player. So no one would ever rest a player. Basically. But then what? What's the penalty for lying about it? Because everyone would say, "Oh, LeBron." Because no one would ever say we're resting LeBron. They would say, "Oh, he tweaked his ankle, so he's in practice, so he's going to be out for you know a little bit." Okay. The penalty for lying about it. It's not quite death, but death is possible. You get put in the middle of the Sahara Desert. You get one bottle of water, and if you get out, you get out. Here's my question. Who is the person who's The team doctor. Fuck that guy. The team doctor. So <laughs> LeBron and the coaches just skate free? Oh, yeah. They're rich. They're fine. <laughs> that seems really unfair. Welcome to the world, buddy. I mean, they're gonna, the Cavs will absolutely lie about that all the time then because they don't care. They're just going to let the doctor die in the Sahara Desert? I mean, the guy may not die. As you if said, they want, If unclear. they want a bunch of charity organizations all over their asses, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> what charity organization Oxfam is going to come in and be like what whoever, are you doing? whoever doesn't want the doctors to die Amnesty International actually Doctors Without Borders might be yeah. upset about it now that I think about it okay life is a civil right <laughs> I don't know I mean they're, they're not killing them they're leaving them alive barely I mean you made it sound originally like the guy had a chance to live but now you seem pretty convinced well here's the thing die. once this rule is implemented the team the Hiring for a team doctor is going to be a bit different, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. You're going to pick somebody who can survive the desert. Or you're just not going to care. Or I guess, it... no, the thing is those people will no longer apply for the job, though, right? Or maybe there could be a program where you're allowed to hire death row inmates as team doctors. So it's kind of like, well, they were going to die anyway. So if, if they end up lying and have to go to the Sahara Desert, it's kind of a free roll. Maybe the deal is, though, the doctors just won't lie. The doctors won't lie. We'll ask them and say, oh, no, no, he absolutely was. I, I wouldn't lie if I was right. a doctor. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that shit. So, okay. So you get the doctor. You say, hey, we're the NBA. We need to know. Right now, this is it. This is your moment. You know the penalty. Is LeBron really hurt? And he's like, he's not. The doctor says, of course he's not hurt. I would not. But don't. don't. Yeah. I'm, to be really clear, I said he was not hurt. He's not hurt. So they got to play 38 minutes with four players. Okay. So, but now, but now, they're, now they're free rolling it a little bit, though, right? Like, Why? Well, because like the NBA is the NBA going to ask every time someone gets hurt? They're going to ask the team doctor. People are hurt all the time. Yeah. Do you know how many people are employed by the NBA? It's fine. <laughs> no, you know how many people want to work and say, "I work for the NBA." Just, you got interns I'm waiting saying, to ask the team doctors. They're so happy. It's a step up. Their next step is I don't know the, something else. The doctor where they get paid. The doctor's going to be asked this question every single day, basically. They're yes, it's part of the fucking the job. Okay, so. 
I mean, with that level of penalty, they are going to tell the truth, and yeah. then there's, so then we're just going to know right away. So no one's ever going to rest. Like it's it's not worth it to rest LeBron. You'd rather yeah. play him 15 minutes in the game and like, but play him right. Yeah. You start him for five minutes, but then you know what? You're going to have the same problem. People are going to be upset. They're going to say, "We came to see LeBron, and he only played 15 minutes." Too bad. We circled right back to it. I know. You're right. The, the easy solution is to play the guy for one minute and sit him. Yeah. Right? So, okay. So, then you have to say he has to play at least like half his normal minutes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. So, LeBron or any superstar, any star has to play at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. So, they have to play like the, yeah, like the first and fourth quarters. Sure. That's not insane, right? If LeBron plays the first eight minutes and the last eight minutes, I mean, who's really going to feel like, And then four minutes in the, just four minutes to start the second half. People aren't even really going to notice until afterward. And when they do, they're like, well, you know what? At the end of the game, it, when he was, he was there when it mattered. Sure. This could work. This could work. So does that mean they aren't going to need – I guess they're still going to need the sodium pentothal, though, just, yeah. just in case. Just right? in case. So they have to shoot them up every – no. I guess if they say if – they, If they say he is hurt, that's <laughs> when the sodium pentothal comes in. So every day. <laughs> every <laughs> day for every doctor, they have to get shot up with sodium pentothal. It's safe. I've, I would like to ask, I've done the research. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to ask to one of our resident scientists out there, is this truly safe? How, what, what level of – how long can you do this? Can be shot up with this stuff? Before how many? You, how many? Also, to our resident adventure experts, how many people, like by percentage, could survive being dropped in the Sahara Desert with a bottle of water? I mean, it probably depends where in the Sahara Desert you're dropped. It's pretty big. Well, obviously, we're randomizing. We're oh. not going to fucking do the research on that. <laughs> That's so, too much work. So the person who answers the question has to do the research about a total amalgam of all the different <laughs> places you could drop somebody, and then you have to create an algorithm. I'm sorry, but I mean, you, you should be proficient at Excel if you're listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Did you not know that you have to be proficient at Excel to listen to this podcast? I mean, I knew that. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm a producer. I, of course I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Come on. I'm not proficient at Excel. No, well, you're not the producer. No. I'm, but you knew that. But yeah. you knew someone had to be. You don't listen to the show anyway. You just are the show. Yes. There you go. I do listen to the show. Okay. Well, get working on that Excel. <laughs> okay. You, you can't, isn't there like little clippy? You know, the little clippy animation? Like, can I help you? That's from 2002, maybe. I think it was like from 1995. <laughs> yeah. but man, oh, man, that thing was annoying. He never went away. Go you away, clippy. You didn't like him? No. Did you ever use clippy? I don't think so. I think it was like 10. So oh. not really. Yeah. I mean, that's also Microsoft Word. Excel probably had their own different... Thing. I don't even. Is it like a, a different a protractor or something? <laughs> so, an, an abacus, like a friendly abacus? Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Anthropomorphizing objects is terrifying. So, But also wonderful. Sure. Beauty and the Beast. Be- <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Beast. I'm like, that's not. But then I thought no, about the, the candlestick. Lumiere. Lumiere. He's wonderful. And the, I mean, I don't know about the new movie. I'm just talking about the, the animated. Of course, sure. you watch that every night before you go to bed. That movie is you great. Can't, you can't get tuckered out without watching it, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. That movie is wonderful. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. If it ain't Baroque? Yeah. That's what the guy says. That's what one of them says. Because they're oh. saying all the, all the art is Baroque. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. It's a very see, clever moment. I haven't really seen that movie since I was, you know, seven. Well, consider. No. Consider rewatching it. No. It's probably wonderful. Eh. Although it does tell sort of a messed up. The, the, the story's not like a good message. Are you talking about the bestiality aspect? No, I was not talking about the bestiality <laughs> aspect. I was talking about how he's you know a horrific beast and all that, and she falls in love with him anyway because of his personality. And then because she falls in love with him and something, I don't know, something else happens, he now becomes a beautiful man again. He's like Fabio. And it's like, no, he should stay ugly. Let him be ugly. Don't, she doesn't get rewarded for this. He should be ugly. But no, they had to make him. 
Really good looking. This is why we got to fight for men's rights. <laughs> uh, to anybody who took me seriously, I was oh, definitely kidding about that. You have to explain that. I just wanted to be sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't, yeah. All right. This is as good a place as ever as any to stop the show. Yeah. We'll come back next week. We're going to have another Sportnado. We're excited to be there. Yeah. We'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs>